1: Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for 50%
0: off of some of our favorite sex toys, use code SHAMELESSSEX at purepleasureshop.com. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Shameless Sex Podcast. April was just singing our newest jingle.
1: Viva, love, love, love. (laughs) And then I was singing... Well, I have a really awesome bouffant right now that sort of reminds me of Elvis Presley. Ooh. So I was singing, You Ain't Nothing But a Volvo. <laughs> That's like all the time. a little too good. <laughs> now you gotta see the lip quiver though. You ain't never going around when you
0: ain't no friend of mine. I gets don't see her face. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Viva, love Volvo. Uh, and why are, we, why are you singing Viva Those are two la vulva? separate songs, by the way. Oh, okay.
1: Both by Elvis Presley. Thanks,
0: Elvis. Also known as April. My
1: grandma had one of those eight track players. You know what that is
0: from back in the day? From back in
1: the day. <laughs> so I used to listen to that. They were Elvis Presley all the time over and over again over there. at Meemaw's house. Meemaw. And you call her Meemaw. One of my, my dad's mom. I called Meemaw. That's adorable. Come over here. Give me my hug. That's what she would say. She was from West Virginia. <laughs> Come over here. Give me my hug. Oh, my
0: gosh. I love when your little accents come out. They make me really happy. Yeah. And your Elvis is pretty spot on. Have you been uh, practicing lately or something? Because that was, oh, as we say. we say, always
1: been good at it. Nailed it. Even though, but then I started getting worried about getting weird lip wrinkles permanently <laughs> if I did the, the lip stuck. quiver too much, just like raising the eyebrows too often. Oh, yeah. But I don't care about smiling too often and getting those I, laugh marks. I think smiling is a good thing. <laughs> Are there a lot of people out there
0: who try not to smile just so that they don't get wrinkles? I try
1: not to whistle to not get wrinkles, but I love whistling. I can only whistle in and not out. What does that mean about my (laughs) blowjobs?
0: (laughs) Uh-oh. Well, you did just swallow cum for the very first time, so. This episode
1: is brought to you by Elvis Presley, everyone.
0: (laughs) Well, she was saying Viva La Vova because uh, this, this episode is with Dr. Ian Kerner, PhD, author of She Comes First, but also his newest book. So tell me about the last time you had sex. And there's a chapter in there all about cliteracy in action. And in it, he says, Viva la vulva. And you want to know why? Well, stay tuned. You will learn more. See, but
1: I wasn't thinking it Viva la vulva. I was thinking, Viva la Volva.
0: Yours is way better.
1: Because it's Viva Las Vegas. I know. I figured oh, Okay, I didn't know if you knew that. For those of you who aren't familiar with Mr. Presley, now oh, you know. Oh, my
0: gosh. All the 18-year-olds. Like,
1: who's Elvis Presley? Everybody must know something about Elvis. Like Marilyn Monroe. Who's Marilyn I don't know. All right. Anyways, this book, uh, <clears throat> the
0: day this podcast is released, uh, the book will be coming out, I believe, a week after. Oh, and I have to make a special announcement. Oh. We're giving away books on our Instagram. We
1: are. Right? That's
0: right. We are. Starting today, the day this is released for five days. If you go, so I don't April I think it's 13th? five days. I no, believe so. Or five books. Just, just go right away to our Instagram.
1: We are at Shameless Sex Podcast on Instagram. Follow us. We post a lot of, I think, beautiful content. Lots of photos of Amy and I over the years doing funny photo shoots together.
0: And we give away things and we funds,
1: do we have contests, contests and,
0: and yeah and this what dime we're giving away copies of his book so go and check that out and there should be a post about Ian's book and a contest and to enter and then follow us and be fans of us on Instagram. Uh
1: okay so let's dive in. Are you ready for a sex question? Wanna be a baller Shock, shock collar. collar. <laughs> well, one of our friends told Amy to put the shock collar on her dog today. It's <laughs> not a shock collar. It actually doesn't shock him. It vibrates vibrate and, and beeps, but we both said at the same time, want to be a, a baller, baller shock collar. It was actually quite funny. Sorry. That's the only thing, but I am ready for a sex. Question. So this is a musical episode, by the way,
0: everyone. We're like Glee, but the podcast version,
1: I, um, thank, thank goodness. We're not like Glee. Cause I think we'd probably been, is that the one that you get kicked off?
0: no glee is the oh, that's the voice the tv show
1: oh oh i loved
0: glee, glee. um the voice yeah we're, we're not doing that. we're not today. doing that
1: we'd be immediately banned no i don't know you're pretty good mm-hmm. i'm out
0: you're you're in
1: i can't sing very high Maybe. i'm an alto you're a little more janice Joplin. i'd say yeah a little winehouse. more Winehouse. yeah but amy winehouse had this most soulful voice she was born to sing
0: oh yeah legend not your dog, Amy Winehouse. Okay, okay next question. question. Question, question. Okay, sex so question. I have never had an issue pleasuring women, whether it be fingering, oral, or sex, until my wife... The other women always were wet and I could generally make them orgasm every time. But for some reason, my wife doesn't have much of a sex drive. She says she's attracted to me, but she's only let me only lets me go down on her sometimes. I'm pretty experienced and have tried different things while she has not been with anyone other than me. What should I try to make her orgasm? She never has had one. And what should I do or say to open her up to trying new things?
1: I want to start this and premise it by saying wait for her to be vulnerable and share with her partner that she's never had an orgasm because that can be really challenging, right? That's a vulnerable share and sometimes it's not easy to tell someone and especially when there's potential for hurting the other person's feelings and letting them know that they have you know, never been able to experience orgasms together. So kudos to your wife. And, uh, I also wanted to say something that came up for me with this is that trying new things is going to be helpful. It seems like she may be, I'm wondering if there's a few things here, if she's, Probably stuck in her head a lot, which is what happened over the course of, of my sexual um, adolescence into my 20s and even my early 30s. And sometimes yesterday, too. And sometimes yesterday. Speaking for As- myself. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But I've been better up to, up, up when I get out of my head. But I wasn't able to ever have orgasms with partners because I just was conditioned. I would conditioned myself and was so in my head when I was partnering with people and hooking up with people throughout the course of my lifetime that I thought I was solely responsible and and masturbation was the only way to orgasms and it had to be by myself. Mm. So it was me being stuck in that. And I will say toys really helped me be able to reach orgasm with, with friends, with friends, with (laughs) With friends, (laughs) Uh, with, with partners and with, uh, people that I was hooking up with over the years, that was one way I got over my orgasm hump where I could actually orgasm in front of people and it takes practice. And if she doesn't have a regular masturbation practice with or without toys, she should, I don't want to shudder, but that will help. I invite her to at least explore that if she doesn't. And if she does, and it's still orgasms aren't happening. Um, I'm sure Amy as a sex educator and, and coach, you have lots of suggestions. Toys are what came up for me. Um, and really focusing on, uh, your body when you're in relational physical experiences with a partner Yeah, just focus, get out of that head. And because who knows what she's thinking? I'm not a, um, a psychic but she might be in there just thinking like oh my god oh my god when's this going to end or what am I ha- what am I having for dinner or whatever it is so that's well, what I have to share what's really interesting is
0: one she's never had an orgasm and she's never been with anyone other than her husband and uh, so I'm super curious about all of that. Like, has she even ever masturbated before? Has she, has she ever tried self-pleasuring? When you say she's never been with anyone else, does I mean, she's just never had penetrative sex with anyone else. Or has she received fingers, oral, other types of play from other people? And um, I'm, it's unclear how much she's actually explored. And, um, I think what's what, like with what April's saying What's really helpful is for us to explore ourselves and our our own bodies and not rely on the other humans to figure our bodies out for us um, because they don't know what we're feeling and thinking. We know better than other people would um, or will. And um, I'm also curious about what she wants. Does she want to have more of a sex drive? Does she want to have orgasms? Does she want to try new things? I know that you want her to have an orgasm and you want her to try, be open to try new things. And you, I'm not shaming you for wanting these things too. Maybe I don't know exactly why it's important for you to have her have an orgasm, but also it's, it's totally understandable that you want her, you want to be with a partner that's open to trying new things because that's, you know, that's your interest, right? You want to maybe be a little more sexually open and adventurous and, and you have more experience. So I'm just curious about these pieces. Uh, is she even asking about this herself as like, hey, I want to take this on and do this work? Or is this more you taking this on for yourself and your concern? Um, if it's like, – I'm going to assume that it's the latter, that it's – she's kind of okay how she is is, my, mm-hmm. is what my, the assumption I'm going with. Um, she's attracted to you. She doesn't have a high sex drive. She, she, she sounds like she, maybe she's fine. And you are feeling like, I know there's more for her and I want more with her. Uh, and uh, how do I inspire that? And um, and so I would talk to her about it in a way that obviously it's obviously not shaming. Um, the and isn't making it like this pressure where she needs to have this orgasm. Um, more so uh, getting inquisitive like what her experience is and um and making it a we exploration so you could speak to your desire and needs because this is this is yours i want to be able to try new things that's yours Your desire for her to have an orgasm, that's not yours. That's, I mean, that's kind of, that's your own personal thing, but that's not on her to fulfill. That's up to her to decide if she wants to go down that route. But you can say, I really would love for us to try some new things together. Are you open to this? And I know that you've never had an orgasm. I don't want you to feel pressured to have an orgasm. I just love, you know, being intimate with you. And I really have this desire to share more with you about around sexuality, whether it's types of sex or just sex in general. Are you open to trying these things? And that's where sex toys come in. Um, what if we start small or light, meaning we start with a sex toy that's not super scary or an extreme. A bullet vibe or something. Yeah. Small bu- bullet bu- vibe. Yeah. a a small bullet vibe of some sort. I really love... Um, what it we vibe just re, re, revamped their tango vibes yeah. yeah um so we vibe tango i like um, the hot
1: octopus yes i know it is me. but i helped design at the ammo because it's a silicone bullet and it's got a little tapered head so silicone sometimes can be a little softer and warms up better than some hard plastic abs plastic
0: these are silicone
1: those are silicone yeah, too. yeah yeah yeah, these yeah. Are yeah, st- yeah. they never yeah. used to make them silicone that's good that they revamped them then yeah. um i i like the motors in the tangos but yeah um a tango and the, the touch because that's a nice flat one but yeah, yeah. Ammo
0: or the digit, these are all. So the the ammo and digit or hot octopus, they're all small vibes. Like April's talking about, nothing too big and not very noisy. So you're not going
1: to be. Sometimes it can be not. I don't want to say embarrassing, but the noise sometimes can can get you off of the. The orgasm track because you focused on the sound yeah. of the the loud ass vibrator that yeah. you're putting like my magic wand that's like well
0: especially you also talk about partner play here and yeah. if you sounds like she's probably new to toys so starting small with something like the We Vibe Tango Touch or the Ha Octopus Ammo or Digit are great ways to go if you want to try these you can go to purepleasureshop.com. you enter coupon code Sex, you get fifteen percent off and um, you could try out a wand too but I would say more so starting with something small like April suggested suggested, yeah, I don't know if I was her and I had never tried a toy, a big wand might be like, Whoa, what is that? A microphone?
1: And, and you were asking for advice, this listener, uh, or the person that wrote this question about what should you do or say to try new things. You could also take it upon yourself to buy a few sex toys to offer as a gift or something to her um, and see, um uh, if she's into it just as a kind of a romantic gesture, if you will. And I also wanted to say one other piece because In the beginning of this question, you said the other women were always wet and I could generally make them orgasm. One thing I wanted to say is just because someone, their pussy's wet doesn't necessarily mean that. Um, and when their pussy's wet or not wet, it doesn't necessarily mean they are turned on or turned off. Um, one doesn't necessarily follow the other. They're not. Um, they're not married. directly correlated. Yeah, they're they're sometimes or they don't
0: they don't yeah they're not always directly correlated. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. just like
1: sometimes um, pe- for penis owners out there, sometimes they could be really turned on in their brain, It'd be hard their... for no reason, or the, yeah. or the opposite, yeah. or their cock isn't responding and their brain's really turned on. So um, it's the same for for pussy. Sometimes you could be extremely wet and really they're. There's no reason. Yeah. And sometimes you can be um, nearly unlubricated uh, naturally uh, yeah. and so extremely turned on Where and your clit can be super sensitive. So I just and want by, to touch on that.
0: I'm really glad you said that and, and, the, and the comparison to other partners... Um, I understand why you would be like, wow, it was easy with these other people. Why is it hard here? And everybody's different too. Um, and so we have to go into this understanding that and everybody's different, not only do the, the the physiology of the body, but the past experiences, the shame, the trauma, all these things. And should your partner decide they do want to do work around this and, you know, they maybe and sex toys is one thing, but also they feel like they do have some blocks, some shame, some trauma, et cetera. This is where therapy comes in. Sex therapists, sex coaches, sexological body workers.
1: Well, also the physiology piece was important. It also could be if she's on birth control, mm-hmm. if she's on any kind of hormone supplements or, or, antidepressants, or antidepressants, if it's, it's yeah. yeah, heartburn or orgasm. Right. Or any, some other medications yeah. too. So there could be a lot of different factors to this. And um, there's... As Amy said, there's sex logical body whereas There's so much reading materials, there's literature you can get. Yeah. We've had authors on our show before that have had great suggestions for, um, helping folks that, that are on birth control, have other options out there. Yeah.
0: I think I'm going to create a blog post for, uh, because we get this question so often people looking for. Coaches, therapists, or sexological body workers to work with, and that's not what this person's asking. But I, that's I constantly am sending that to people. Like a resource page, yeah. yeah and I'll, so I'll, I'll try to create that. We I know we have some on our research page, resource page already ready, but I will create something else too. That will well, we have a new
1: intern. Direct. Maybe we can ask her. Hey, oh yeah, I forgot about a new intern. Yeah, we don't know if she wants us to say her name.
0: Oh, hey, new intern. If you're listening, if you're listening, hi. We love you. All right, we're going going to get into the bio and then dive right into the podcast in one moment. But first, before we do that, I just want to talk to you about one thing everyone. April, you know how important it is for me to feel healthy, sexy from the inside and out, right? Yeah. Food is majorly important. How'd you know some of food? I was talking about my pussy. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, just kidding. I was talking about Uh, food. No, I was talking about food. So April and I, we want to feel healthy inside and out. We want to feel sexy inside inside and out. We want to feel like our best selves inside and out. And we are also really fucking busy. We have really busy lives. We have multiple jobs. We have lots going on in our lives. And that's why we love sakara. Sakara is delicious plant-based meals. They're delivered right to our door. They're ready to go. And there's no preparation. The menu is constantly changing. They are delicious, nutritious. I'm in love. And guess what? Sometimes they also boost my energy, improve my
1: digestion, and get my skin glowing. And we both live by ourselves, so Saqqara's been super helpful. But even if you live with a few other people, or one other person, so helpful. Yeah. I never waste produce anymore and throw it out like, like I used to, So because yeah. I didn't get to cooking it. But that Game was a changer. side note. So Along with delicious plant-rich meals, Sakara also offers daily wellness essentials like supplements and herbal teas to support your nutrition. Experience the transformative power of plants with their best-selling metabolism super powder. It's made with organic raw cacao. It works to boost energy, eliminate bloating, minimize sugar cravings, and reduce your fatigue. And now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakaracom shameless or enter code shameless at checkout. That's Saqqara, S A K A R acom shameless to get 20% off your first order sakara.com slash shameless all right go check it out everyone april tell
0: us about ian kern or dr e. oh, oh he said he said just
1: call me ian yes he's so humble he, is, he has a him. phd he's incredible this interview was so much fun so uh here we go here's ian's bio Ian Kerner is a licensed psychotherapist and nationally recognized sexuality counselor who specializes in sex therapy, couples therapy, and working with individuals on a range of relational issues. He is the New York Times bestselling author of She Comes First and many more, including his latest book, So Tell Me About the Last Time You Had Sex, helping couples achieve more intimacy and better sex. To learn more, visit iankerner.com, that's I dot com. All right, it's time for the interview.
0: All right, everyone, it is interview time and we are here with Ian Kerner, PhD LMFT, who was also here before. I think we were saying maybe over a year ago talking about uh, the topic of she comes first and Uh, We were talking about this before this episode and on that episode about how that book, She Comes First, you can imagine what it's about. Um, It's not saying that he doesn't get to come, by the way, everyone, Um, and how when April and I got our start working in the uh, adult toy industry, that that book was immediately on the shelves at Pure Pleasure. That's the store that I owned with my mom or owned my mom now online, and April was our manager there. Uh, So it's really exciting to see that Ian has come out with a new book called So Tell Me About the Last Time You Had Sex, and we will dive further into it. Um, I just want to do a shout out for one of the chapters. It's called Cliteracy in Action. And then um, I love how it's it's like a guide, right? There's a lot of information there. You give techniques and then you give homework. But after the technique section, it says, Viva la vulva! <laughs> it's like an yeah. Elvis, right? Yeah. So
1: that's what came yeah. up for me. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know,
2: through everything, my biggest message has honestly been about cliteracy. It just ends up infusing... All of my sessions with, especially with heterosexual couples, all of my work, I just think it's, uh, it's at the essence of, um, you know, orgasm equality and mm. pleasure equality.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. And, and we'll dive deeper into a little more about, about that and what we can expect from the book. But let's start with the same question. You already did this on, you were talking in the bio already. We had you on here before, but we're going to ask you again, tell us about how you got to where you are today in the field of sexuality.
2: Sure. So I am, a you know, a sex therapist and a couples therapist. I see individuals, I see couples, my practice is split between, um, heterosexuals and LGBTQ folks, a lot of, uh, gay men, um, And how did I end up getting here, you know, seeing like 30 patients, uh, you know, a week? You know, it really started with my own sexual issues and dysfunction going back to when I was a young adult and a teenager. I, uh, you know, I suffered from a very common sexual problem, uh, early ejaculation. It's actually the number one problem that men deal with of all ages. I'm very upfront and honest about that because... um, that's what makes me kind of relatable. And that's what uh, people want to connect with me around because we all feel on some level, I think a little sexually marginalized, you know, we all have a problem that causes us to sort of live with some silent desperation and shame. And I grew up in an era where there was no internet. There were no like men's magazines, you know, there were barely women's magazines and uh, I was really confused and I had no one to talk to. And, um, it was really terrible. It was really terrible. And so gradually I was actually in college, I was majoring in literature. I might as well have been minoring in sexuality because I was reading everything from Kinsey to Masters and Johnson. And it was all this data, but I was just trying to figure out how to pleasure, how to love, how to connect, how to get my head matched up with my genitals, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, and what it ultimately meant doing was, um, breaking free from what I call the intercourse discourse, or just this idea that all sex, all heterosexual sex should culminate in, you know, penis and vagina intercourse. And that one behavior should be privileged above all else, you know? Um, So I really had to break free from that. And, And I learned that even if I could last as long as I wanted to, it didn't necessarily mean that my partners were going to be sexually satisfied because I wasn't clitorate at that time. I was also ill clitorate. So I guess in really educating myself, breaking free from the dominant narratives around sex, and really discovering um, how female sexuality really worked, that became the energy that, you know, you know, propelled me on this journey. Mm.
1: And she comes first. We, as Amy mentioned, was one of our go-to recommendations when we were working in the store. And over the years, whenever I've encountered, and then especially after we interviewed you, uh, I just... It, it re I just revisited how amazing that book was and now whenever I've met cis men especially hetero cis men over the years that have told me oh I, I've read the book she comes first I'm like my respect level just went from a five to a 25 for you I'm like kudos you have a gold star so uh, I just wanted to to touch on that for a second and um because thank you for that work and I'm really excited for this book that'll be out on April 20th and we'll keep saying that of 2021. So, I was qu- wondering though more about the title. What's what's the deal with the title so tell me about the last time you had sex.
2: Yeah. So, that is a question that I ask all of my sex therapy patients in every first session that I do. And you have to remember couples and individuals are coming into me you know, they're coming in with problems that they've like waited like five years too long to talk about. You know, they are seething inside and they're coming and It's like they're in pain and they want a solution. So my goal is to get them out of pain uh, as quickly as possible. I want them leaving that first session with me with feeling like, hey, I connected with somebody. This guy gets me. But not only that, this guy is helping me get on track. And so how do I do that? How do in a first session can I take someone from sort of hopelessness to hopefulness? And that question is at the key of it. I ask every patient once I've learned about their issue that they're dealing with, I'll ask them, "Okay, so tell me about the last time you had sex." Why do I ask that question? Because to me, every sexual event tells a story. Right There's a narrative, there's a sequence of interactions that are physical, they're psychological, they're emotional, and they create what I call the sex script, right? We have sex scripts, whether we want to admit it or not, or we just feel like sex should always just be spontaneous. Most of us go into sex having it in a kind of particular way, and generally, the sex script reinforces the problem. That somebody is having like too little foreplay, too little outer course, too much anxiety around uh, erections, not enough psychological stimulation. So basically, over the years, I kind of hold in mind, well, what should a good, healthy sex script look like from beginning to end from that first initiation of desire through pleasure, through orgasm, through rolling over and reaching for the iPhone, you know, whatever you do at the end, like, what should a really great sex script look like? And then, like, how are people engaging in sex? What are their sex scripts? And I help them basically rewrite their sex scripts so that they aren't just having the sex that they had last time, they're looking forward to, like, the sex that they're going to have next time. So it's a simple question, but it's actually at the essence of the way that I help people change their sex
0: lives. Hmm. What's up, shameless sex fam? Is your sex life important to you? Hmm. What about your relationships and also
1: We give you simple, simple solutions and a framework that you can use. You can customize it to you. Yes, you gives you the tools, the right tools for your sex and relationship. So you get what you desire. And it's fun. It's playful. Right, Amy? We're always playful. It's kind of sexy. And did I mention how easy we make it for you? You have to check out Shameless Sex. Plus, the testimonials, they're coming in from everywhere. And this book has helped people just like you recreate and create the sex life of their dreams so you can do it too go to where are they going amy shamelesssex.com oh how easy is that just go to shamelesssex.com and click on the book okay and you can get it however you choose you want, want, want hardcover yeah
0: hardcover we got you hardly yeah. covered <laughs> I like that idea of of sex scripts of uh, thinking about it that way as, and I've totally experienced that that too in various points in my life or, um, or even currently, I'm sure it comes up in, in various ways where um, kind of buying into it as, as like this, the story of this is how this goes. And, and, and obviously April and I work in a profession where we are, we agree with you. We're trying to break free of those, especially the monotony or the having things the same all the time. And um, knowing that, especially for long-term partnership that uh, while we like the safety that comes with some sort of habituation and familiarity that also the flip side of that one is that, Um, the newness changes. And even if we figured out the bodies and we're all having all the orgasms, but we're doing this the same way or ways every time uh, in, in itself can be really challenging. And I also like what you said about people coming. no, I don't love this. I just know this, that people usually seek out therapy and support when they're like we're broken. And, and I think that also just speaks to our Western culture as not very preventative. We're more like, let's, let's wait till we're dying and now go and get the help instead of, you know, we're really good. We want to be great. And we're, we're, we're in a resource place. Um, and so just a little, uh, call to action, shout out to listeners too. Um, I was just talking to a girlfriend about this earlier today that, um, I think it's a, it's a really good place to, when you're already starting to see some of the little pieces of um, maybe monotony or um, little resentments or little things, but you're still connected, I think is, a, is such a good place to seek out support um, and not wait for that five years later explosive. And now you, well, well then Ian, Ian Kerner has a job, but, <laughs> but yeah. still, I mean, I think that seeking therapy at that point, I've done that in partnerships before where I've seen, was, was have see i was seeked out support when we were, re- we were really good. And those sessions were so much easier to practice a lot of the tools. They,
1: seeked or sought.
0: I sought, I sought out. Yes, yes there you go. That's right. No, bust. no, April, yeah. you
1: got it. it April's, starts. April's
0: our spelling bee extraordinaire here. So anyways, <laughs> just invite right there. But what I wanted to ask you, so just, and we're going to talk a little more about sex scripts in a minute, but, um, also how, how do you really help them rewrite sex scripts? Like, what does that even look like to rewrite them?
2: Well, you know, um, basically, I will ask a couple to tell me about the last time they had sex. And, you know, uh, it'll become apparent where they're having issues, you know, maybe they're having an issue right from the beginning, uh, you know, initiating, maybe they're avoiding initiation, maybe that's where their sex script really needs help, you know, or maybe where their sex script really needs help. And this I really find with heterosexual couples, I was just talking to a couple today, you know, if you asked ninety if you asked if I asked a hundred percent of my patients who are heterosexual um to what extent was intercourse part of sex a hundred percent almost a hundred percent would say of course it was, and when you ask them how long did it take to get from initiation to intercourse, most of my couples will say honestly like. Three to seven minutes, three to eight minutes we were we were relying on intercourse to get us through that whole sex script almost within almost from the get-go. So I think even in a sex script sometimes couples will initiate, but then you know what they really ignore is that whole phase of simmering and percolating arousal and really getting into a kind of like mutual state of uh, arousal where they're in sync together, you know so I might have to target that part of the sex script maybe we're looking at the fact that you know there just aren't orgasms happening or you you know it happens a lot amy and april is that couples have a sex script but it's just a sequence of behaviors right it's just like okay some kissing some touching of the boobs some you know manual some oral then this position and yeah we have orgasms and it's done and so yeah so there's a sex script it kind of works But it's just a sequence of behavior and it's lost its like psychological life, you know, or it's lost its like connective meaning. So then we have to work on, okay. it's not about the physical aspects of the sex script. It's about like the psychological and the erotic aspects of the sex script. So, you know, again, I'm hearing. I'm asking this question I'm sort of dissecting in my mind, I'm listening, it's a simple question. So tell me about the last time you had sex, but I'm probably listening through like a hundred different lenses. Like I'm honestly thinking about like a hundred different things, which I really introduce all of those variables in the book. And then by the end of a session, you know, I'll tell a couple like, Hey, like, I think that like, I think that this is kind of the issue that you're dealing with. And I think that we need to, um, target it right when it's starting to occur in this phase. And every couple, every individual leaves my practice with a homework assignment. And I'm like kind of a rare therapist in that I don't schedule a next session until you've really done the homework or you've really been able to say, we just can't do the homework. So sometimes I'll see couples the next week. Sometimes it'll be two weeks or three weeks. But um, what they're doing in between the sessions is is really important.
1: Mm-hmm. So that, that's a, that's a huge takeaway. And that's the thing about therapy that I've realized and not even couples therapy, but therapy on individual basis too. It's like practicing what you're learning is so important but it's so easy to drop back into the habits the patterns and i'm sure when there's couples doing work with an individual such as yourself an expert and you've you've worked with thousands of patients right couples individuals and so i'm sure there's so many takeaways and these practices so writing this stuff now in this book is a tool that even if you're unable to work with ian kerner i'm you can you can identify what all of these thousands of people and what's successful, what's working. So I guess the question here, though, that was just a comment because uh, it rings true when I don't practice what I'm learning, nothing changes. Mm-hmm. So if you want to, if you want changes, That's this right. is just the start. So, so and you've touched on it a little bit and I want to just kind of emphasize some of the main things that you've learned about couples, sex script over the years and we've talked a little bit about the the physical and the psychological i would just love to hear some more
2: yeah yeah so you know like one of the things that i've you know learned by working with say heterosexual couples and lgbtq couples is that um you know especially like for gay men like only if you ask like all of my gay male couples like so tell me about the last time you had sex only about 30 to 35% of them actually had intercourse, which really sort of dispels the myth that like gay sex equals anal sex. So it does beg the question, well, if you're not having intercourse, then what are you doing, right? And it kind of comes down to like a kind of a common set of behaviors, like hugging, kissing, manual stimulation, oral stimulation. There are about 12 common behaviors. But when you look at how gay men put them together, there's over 1300 combinations, right? So that's 12 behaviors that are generating like 1300 different types of sex scripts. That's a lot. When you look at heterosexual couples, not only are their sex scripts dominated, um, by intercourse, there's only about 40 to 45 different combinations. So that's 45 combinations of the same behaviors versus, you know, 1,300. And so what I've learned in my practice is that like sort of the more you're creative about combining different elements and different behaviors and the more you're open-ended, like, you know, like it's interesting, like I work with a lot of people who they start to have sex and then something's not going Right and oh my gosh like we're going to go straight to intercourse now but i'm worried about my erection and holy cow i'm losing my erection and like sex is done and uh we're not going to have sex tonight and i'm probably going to avoid it tomorrow right like so i also work with a lot of couples like how do you stay in pleasure when you're having an issue it's like if i'm driving and i want to get somewhere and i hit a a detour or construction. I don't just stop and abandon my car and get out. Like I keep driving. I stay in the flow. I may have to slow down. I may have to turn left or right or veer. So I also really want to work with when you have an expansive set of behaviors and an expansive sex script, you can stay in pleasure. You can stay in the flow and you can kind of go left or right, you know, when you're, when you need to get um, in sync. So so that was one of the things that I really learned was like, let's embrace a lot of behaviors and let's have a lot of different combinations of those behaviors. I think that that was one um, key takeaway. And let's remember that sex is supposed to be fun, right? It's supposed to be adventurous. It's supposed to be relational. It's supposed to be connecting, you know? Generally, it's not procreative, Right. You know, if it's not and generally we're not having procreative sex, so we don't need to focus so much on penis and vagina intercourse because that's kind of the form or that's the sexual behavior that most benefits procreation. It does not actually most benefit pleasure you know, especially female pleasure when we look at the orgasm gap and the percentage of women who do not have orgasms from intercourse alone. So let's develop sex scripts that are really about connecting and about fun and pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you mentioned um, some somehow you, you, you mentioned something that triggered um, something else that I really learned about um, people's sex lives is that, you know, as much as we want to turn on and be excited and do something new and novel or adventurous, at a certain point during sex, we also have to turn off, right? Like we have to get into like, especially women, you have to get into a kind of like flow state, you know, like study after study shows that as women are getting closer to orgasm, Parts of their brain literally start to turn off and they start to go into a kind of trance like state, which doesn't really happen for men. So I think that that's another area of disconnect. So, how do you turn on together, but then kind of turn off together? And by turning off, I mean getting into like that kind of mutual like autopilot where you're just like, you're just totally present and you're not thinking about what you're doing anymore. You're just doing
0: i like the idea also of the flow state and if people never identify with that um like surfers get into a flow state when they're on you know on the wave or i actually personally when i teach sex ed will go into a flow state but it's just because it's just like just a part of me like and it's like something something is just running naturally and i'm not thinking about this i'm actually just like naturally um in it and yeah I mean, there's a level of presence that comes from it. so is that what you're saying the part of this flow state the turn off to turn on is kind of turning off the thoughts and the mind
2: absolutely i mean i think what you're talking about is 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 really interesting and there's a there's a, it's okay if I bring in a little science or you You can bring it whatever you want. Okay. Well, you know, there's this idea that when you're in a flow state, especially when if you're in a flow state with uh, somebody else, that it's really called um, entrainment. I'll give you an example. Back in the I think it was like the 16th century there was a physicist and he had two pendulum clocks on the wall right like you know like the pendulums Mm -hmm. and he noticed when he started them up in the morning that the pendulums were out of sync but then within about 20 minutes to a half hour they were in sync Mm -hmm. and he couldn't figure it out like what the heck is going (laughs) on that they start off like totally going in opposite directions Then they're moving in the same direction. He was never able to figure out in his lifetime. And it took hundreds of years in developing technology to realize that it's about sort of sound pulses and sound frequencies and that these two pendulums were oscillating at the same frequency. Well, that's when we're in a flow state, especially with another person, when we're oscillating at the same frequency, when we're pushing someone on a swing, right? When we're like kissing and getting really absorbed, Uh, When we're throwing a ball, sometimes with a dog that's just coming back and forth, right? It's rhythm. There's something physical happening. And that rhythm, that rhythmic togetherness is sort of triggering this entrainment, which is actually that kind of oscillating at the same frequency. So that's kind of what I mean about turning off is like getting into that
0: same frequency with another person. Okay, time for a quick break. This podcast was made possible by UberLube. It's a luxurious silicone lubricant that enhances sex and intimacy. We receive emails from listeners who have tried UberLube, and the feedback is unanimous. We never knew lube could be this good. It's also less likely to throw off the pH than most other lubes, and there are thousands of doctors recommending UberLube to their patients, whether they want to make their hot sex even hotter or for folks experiencing
1: dryness. Uberlube is without a doubt my favorite lube it has no flavor no scent and feels absolutely amazing on my body and it isn't just for sex i use it to tame my hair frizzies to prevent chafing and i even put some in my mouth before an oral sex session totally ups my blowjob game oh and the bottle it's beautiful it looks like a cosmetic product so i just leave it out on my nightstand totally shamelessly To learn why we think it's the best lube on the planet, check out uberlube.com and use code SHAMELESSSEX for 10% off plus free shipping. Again, that's uberlube.com and use code SHAMELESSSEX for 10% off and free shipping. This podcast was also made possible by
0: omgs.com. OMGS is a research-based online program that teaches you all about how to pleasure the pussy. OMGS studied thousands of vulva owners to find out how they orgasm and then made beautiful animated modules and super honest short videos to give you ways to reach even more pleasure. I've been recommending OMGS to my clients
1: for years and it's been changing their lives we all know pleasure is fluid and ever changing so why not add more tools to your pleasure tool belt OMGS is for everyone so whether you are a vulva owner or you just love vulvas OMGS will give you the techniques to get your O face on there are two seasons to choose from and hundreds of gorgeous videos to explore so go see what science says about pleasure and visit omgs.com shameless that 's omgscom dot com slash shameless to get five dollars off your omgs access again omgs dot com slash shameless go check it out now back to the show
0: which takes some skill when in presence and attunement and things like that and um, and uh, what I'll, I'll, I'll ask you a question but april 's going to ask you about some tips, but would you would you, actually i 'm going to link them together i 'm just going to do it because i 'm going to ask you about do homework it. tips that, to give the audience. One question I have is: Would you say meditation practice would be a homework tip for people to figure out more about presence? And then also, what other tips do you have for our audience who want to go right now and learn more about how they can incorporate this in their sex lives?
2: Right, and we're talking sort of about this flow state of kind of getting all of the yourself, above. Yeah, I mean, yeah. all of it. Yeah, yeah. So let's do let's do this. Like, let's say that there's a sex script that has a beginning, middle, and an end, right? Okay like, so it's like it's like a straight line, beginning and end. And let's draw a line through the middle of the sex script, okay? So to the left side of the line, we want to be turning on, right? We want to be getting aroused, absorbed, um, and then to the right side of the line, we actually want to be turning off, right? So that's kind of hard for people. People have to understand like, it takes a little bit of like thinking about, like, how am I going to both turn on and then how am I sort of going to turn off? And so I, w- I would love people to think about those phases. And that's what I really get my patients doing. I get my patients sort of thinking about, like, how do I get physically turned on and how do I get psychologically turned on? So I spend a lot of time in my practice. Yeah, we talk about the physical stuff, but. I'd spend a lot of time in my practice talking about getting psychologically turned on really because like, look, honestly, we know that women, some women can fantasize their way to orgasms, right? Like some women can not touch themselves at all and give themselves an orgasm. And you know, when I'm working with men who have um, psychological erectile disorder, right? Um, I'll sometimes give them an assignment. I'll say, well, the next time you're, Home watching some really hot porn, try and give yourself a hands-free erection. Mm. Don't touch yourself at all, right? And guys will come back and say, well, I was watching some hot porn or I was actually start fantasizing about something. And within about three to five minutes, I had a really decent usable erection, right? So that's all the power of psychological arousal. So why can we do that on our own? but we often don't do that with our partners. We don't engage our minds. So I work a lot with helping people um, sort of step into the shallow waters of exploring fantasy and uh, erotic themes and understanding like their turn-ons and um, knowing themselves erotically and being able to play and being able to share that with a partner. So that to me is a big part of turning on, mm. um, and I guess if I was going to translate that into a uh, homework assignment, um, I would probably ask a couple, and most tell me if you agree with this. I would say that a lot of couples just don 't have experience sort of opening up about their fantasies or oh, yeah. opening up about erotic themes totally
1: i I can be one of those humans to to say the least I have problems like i 'm really great at speaking until it comes to getting intimate about what's deep in my brain. And I'm like, mm, uh, yeah, I guess I like that. That's nice. Uh, I just shut down. It's difficult. And and so I just, I, I want to own that because I know it's probably hard for a lot of folks.
2: Out yeah. There. Yeah. So a lot of folks want to be more psychologically aroused, but they're a little ashamed or they're a little embarrassed or they don't even know their fantasies. So I do a few things like First of all, I emphasize like that there's two types of psychological or mind-based arousal. There's side by side and there's face to face. Face to face is like you and me in a room sharing our fantasies, role playing, just having fun together like that that takes some boldness, right? Mm-hmm. It's funny cuz when we're little kids when we're 4 or 5 we're like, "Oh, let's go pretend cops and robbers and uh, you know, let's play doctor" and like I would contend that our erotic lives when we're four, five, and six are probably hotter, very often,
1: <laughs> erotically, than they
2: are when we're like, you know, middle-aged
0: adults. Like that's when I could like have make. an
1: orgasm to Fatal Attraction sex scene on the stove, <laughs> yes. or <just> like <laughs> humping your teddy bear, or, or humping so a teddy bear, yeah, yeah Without yeah. touching myself, I could have the orgasm.
2: So, I love to introduce couples to side-by-side psychological arousal, and that's that's really simple. That's like. That's like reading literary erotica together. That's like picking out some really hot ethical porn together. That's like um, uh, listening to erotica podcasts. You know, I think, why don't more couples just do that? Why don't they sit down and say, let's get ourselves erotically engaged with some, you know, material here? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, they, there's, uh, I mean, I, I've seen this with people too. It's like, it, it's not natural. We're supposed to just feel this on our own. If we if we need to add something, with, we're broken. The same thing with sex toys too, you know, that sex, adding a sex toy, which we don't agree with any of this, right? It's a bonus. It's like, let's add this this new spice, this newness, this creativity. And uh, for a lot of folks, I didn't understand that it's just kind of threatening to them. Um, but I like a lot of these creative ideas.
1: I had a question. Yeah for you, Ian, about, because we haven't touched on it yet. And it's interesting to me about the, the intercourse discourse and how this affects couples, because I think that you've talked a lot about, um, the, the homework is, is brilliant, but can you touch on this? Cause I'm not familiar with it and I'd love to hear more.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, we've been talking a little bit about it, which is to sort of say, and it kind of goes back to, she comes first. Like, I think that, um, intercourse creates a lot of pressure. For, for couples. It creates pressure for men. You don't know the amount of men I have. I mean, if they could just relax about intercourse, like they would have the healthiest erectile function. Um, I, I feel like more and more, especially with younger men, I'm dealing with um, psychological erectile disorder in cases of men who are teenagers, Mm -hmm. like literally teenagers, 20 somethings, college students, you know, kids, guys in their late twenties. And, um, they have so much anxiety and it's really focused around intercourse and, and their performance around intercourse. And, uh, you know, maybe it has something to do with sort of living in a world where there's a lot of porn, or maybe it's just living in a world where there isn't a lot of discussion of pleasure or sex education. And then I know a lot of women often worry about that as well. Like, you know, am I going to be a a good partner? Am I going to be lubricated enough? Am I going to be able to have an orgasm? So I do talk a lot about moving from intercourse to, to outer course and really getting into the oral sex and the, you know, the manual stimulation, um, and building sex scripts that are sometimes completely outer course based. Um, and I have a lot of, um, tips in, in the book about that. So, um, yeah, I would say, and that kind of goes back to, she comes first and just the idea of, um, the idea of sexual cliteracy, Mm -hmm. you know, and
1: Not putting so much on penetration all the time. We talk a lot about that. It doesn't always have to be penetration. I like the outer course instead Mm -hmm. of inner course. We don't say that enough, actually. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, I, I love that. This is all so awesome like all of this information i can't wait to get your book which is going to be out april 20th 2021 as i mentioned and it's about a week before we launch this podcast uh a week after a week sorry a yep. week after that's Thank cool maybe but if you're listening in the future if man, you're it's already out. 420 if you smoke the cannabis you can read it during <laughs> then you heard that's a national cannabis celebration day in some parts of the world i don't know uh but either way can people pre-order your book and uh, also where can they find it and can you also talk about if they want to find you or work with you uh that would be great
2: sure so uh you can definitely pre-order the book and i you know i'm i'm a little conflicted because on the one hand amazon is so important and getting amazon sales and having people write nice things on amazon it's just so important to a book's success And yet I love my indie bookstores so much. So I'm a little conflicted as to where I would recommend people get the book, but, but follow your heart on that one. Uh, yeah, you can pre-order, you can always find me, um, you know, at my website, um, iankerner.com. You know, Amy, I just want to very quickly say you mentioned like the mindfulness thing. And I think that that is so important. Um, to be sexually mindful and being sexually mindful is being mindful when you're with another person, which is different than a lot of the meditation or mindfulness we practice when we're on our own. Right. So it's really about really being open-minded and curious and present with the body that you're with, you know, and really just, if you're starting to have those like agonizing internal anxious thoughts, like go to the play, go to arousal, Go to what's like interesting and curious and turning you on. And, you know, if you want to practice getting into that rhythmic flow state, you know, Sometimes walking side by side with somebody or staring into somebody's eyes or even kissing. All of these are ways in the real world. They sound simple and obvious, but you're actually practicing being present and getting into that rhythmic entrainment with um, someone. So I I just wanted to address that. And yeah, the book is um, wherever books are sold. And I love hearing from people at my website. I try and respond to to emails and, and all of that.
0: Yeah, The book is, is, is awesome. It's, uh, I was really feeling like it was a guide, the way that you do it with the, the information, the tips, the real accounts, the work that you've done with people, and then homework for all these chapters. Um, and of course, you know, April and I love the clitoris chapter, but we love all the chapters. Um, I saw pieces in there on kink, and there's there's a lot of really wonderful information there. So I highly suggest folks. We only had one copy, out. so
1: Amy's been hogging it. I- oh, of-
0: we'll get you another oh,
1: copy. She hasn't seen it. So yet. I didn't see it. It was going to be a surprise for me. I knew it was going to be juicy and good. I had uh, spent about ten minutes just looking it over, and Amy was like, "It's really good. You're going to love it." So I was excited to talk to you. Yeah. And if you if you ever want to do any kind of social media giveaway or something, Ooh. I don't know if
2: you do those. Kinds oh, yeah. of things, but let me know and we'll figure something out, definitely.
1: And, and that means all of you that aren't following us on Instagram, it's at shameless sex podcast. Go check us out. We give away awesome stuff all the time. And it's just uh also some great fun content for you all to check out. So maybe we can give away a book on the launch date. Ooh, of, maybe of we can give away a couple you, Let's books. do it. Yeah, yeah. So let's do that. Go, so check it out. Us. The launch date's April 20th. This episode is uh, a week before that. So pay attention and go get. Ian's new book. So tell me about the last time you had sex. Remember, Ian is his PhD, LMFT, New York Times best-selling author. Y'all, you heard it in his bio. He's a legitimate, amazing resource that we're so grateful to have on our show for the second time. So thank you. Do I need to call you doctor or is Ian okay? You
2: better just call me Ian.
1: Okay. Just (laughs) making sure. Yes, Doctor. I mean, yes, Ian. Uh, Is that a chapter? (laughs) (laughs) It is. Okay, Okay, (laughs) All right, you all, uh, you know how it goes. That's the end of the show. And I can't end a shameless sex podcast episode without talking about margins wine because Amy and I have loved it, love, love, loved it now. I think it's almost been three years. I, I but my concept of time is bad I mean, you're in the Gregorian calendar, but I believe it's three years. She only does two releases a year, underdeveloped varietals from underdeveloped regions. No, underrepresented varietals. If you don't know what a varietal is, Google it. It'll tell you. Okay. And you go to marginswine.com, get on the newsletter, and go check out her wine. You can buy some bottles, save some money. We have that in our show notes if you want the coupon code and i'm going to do one more just a little invite for you all I and amy myself would love 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 if you could go on itunes and review us give us five stars You don't have to leave a long review. It just helps more people find shameless sex and it also helps offset some of the, the turd reviewers out there that give us one star and say best podcast ever, but then they gave us one star. I'm like, mm, I don't understand this. So Oops. it really does help more people find us and we will love you for it. We read every single one. We listen to your feedback. So go, right? Meow. Do it, do it, do meow. it, do it. Meow. All right, y'all. We're going to see you next Tuesday for another episode of Shameless Sex. Ciao for now. Want to learn more? Go
0: to shamelesssex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use code shamelesssex at purepleasureshop.com.